It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. KSL News Time 615. The three things you need to know this hour first. There's new questions today after an officer involved shooting in Farmington left one man dead. Still no word on if the man was armed or why police felt threatened. I'm KSL News Radio's Amy Kobe. Second Utah's new state flag design now only needs a signature from the governor. The bill was approved by the legislature today. Third, our biggest traffic trouble spot. That's going to be westbound I-80 where we have heavy and slow traffic. It starts in Parley's Canyon, approaching the quarry, and it continues all the way over to 2300 East. Still some north and southbound slowdowns in Draper. It's going to be just before Bangor Highway into about 146 South. Ricky Meese in the KSL Traffic Center. A weak storm brushing by tomorrow morning and a little bigger one coming over the weekend. I'm Kevin Eubank. It's sunset in Salt Lake City, 36 degrees. Now, KSL's top national stories... ABC News. I'm Daria Albinger. It took less than three hours for a South Carolina jury to decide the fate of Alex Murdoch, convicting the disgraced lawyer of murdering his wife and youngest son and finding him guilty on a weapons charge. The state versus Richard Alexander Murdoch, defendant. Indictment for possession of a weapon during the commission of a violent crime. Verdict guilty. ABC News legal contributor Shauna Lloyd says the decision may have been based on a video that was shot at Murdoch's kennel. That video was one of the most damaging pieces of evidence. It is something that places him there minutes before the crime. And he had no nothing that he could say other than I lied about it and lied for a year and a half. I think that's really what sealed uh, the verdict in this particular case. Murdoch will be sentenced tomorrow. He could get up to 30 years to life in prison for the murders and five years for the weapons charge. The terms would be served concurrently. A Pennsylvania man accused of packing an explosive device into his luggage appeared in court today. Mark Muffley mouthed, no, I'm not, after a prosecutor told the judge he represented a danger to the community. The judge appeared to agree with the government and ordered Muffley detained. He's charged with possession of an explosive in an airport after the FBI said agents found an explosive in his suitcase. The defense said it was nothing but a firework, and prosecutors didn't necessarily disagree, but said it still posed a threat to the aircraft and to passengers. When Muffley was paged over the airport intercom, he called his girlfriend to pick him up. And once in the car, prosecutors said he changed his telephone number. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. An arrest in the murder of Clark Atlanta University student Jatone Sterling. Keontae Holman Peoples faces felony murder and other charges. Police are still looking for another suspect. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee has signed two bills into law. One bans all gender-affirming care for minors. The other is the nation's most restrictive ban on drag shows. You're listening to ABC I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. KSL News Time 618, now the in-depth. And it's developing news on KSL News Radio. The Utah Senate has just passed a bill that would ban Utah health clinics from performing abortions starting next year. The bill still needs approval from the House. Uh, Representative Carrie Ann Lizenby is the bill's House sponsor. She's joining us live now on the KSL Newsline. Aside from what I just mentioned, first of all, thank you for joining us. There is more to this bill. Could you tell us everything that this bill will do? Sure. It's a pretty big bill, so it might take a minute. But basically, it adds unprofessional conduct. As and as, So right now, we have criminal penalties for doctors who perform abortions in violation of our statute. So this would provide unprofessional conduct for those doctors. Um, it also provides greater clarity for about the exceptions in the case of medical emergencies, the health of the mother, and fetal abnormalities that are incompatible with life. It requires that abortions due to fetal abnormality um, be performed. And uh, so, actually, we I am so sorry. That's we right. actually took that part out. Um, the bill creates a presumption that children under the age of 14 who became pregnant are victims of rape or incest and are not required to report to law enforcement. However, the doctors are still required to report abuse. And um, it ends the issuance of licenses for abortion clinics and prohibits abortion clinics from operating after January 1st, 2024. But it has language that's existing language in code that allows for um, abortions for our exceptions under Utah code to happen in um, clinics such as doctor's offices or in hospitals. And then it restricts the ability to receive an abortion due to rape or incest Uh, after the unborn child has reached 18 weeks of gestational age and prohibits out-of-state providers from prescribing drugs for the purpose of causing an abortion. And then it actually raises the standard for our criminal statute to willful or intentional instead of reckless. I would call this an all-encompassing bill, but I would like to focus for a moment on victims of rape or incest who are underage that you mentioned. If a child 12 years old was such a victim and went to the hospital, they could have a potential problem in Utah because there are some hospitals that refuse to perform abortions. How do you reconcile that? So there is, there will be clinics. We've We've opened it up so that a doctor's office can provide uh, for these individuals who are victims. So it's really, there's been a lot of talk about it being restrictive. It really isn't restrictive. We are simply saying by this law that we will no longer license abortion clinics because we no longer allow abortions in Utah after the injunction is lifted on our trigger law. Um except for in the cases of our exceptions under Utah law. So 
we're not we're not licensing abortion clinics, but we are licensing clinics to perform abortions for the rare exceptions that do happen. Planned Parenthood spoke yesterday and said that this measure is going to put more strain on hospitals after all they've been through over the past few years. Is that a concern of yours? It really isn't, and the language in the bill, as I said, is really, uh, really pretty broad on that. And so Planned Parenthood, I know, is is um, feeling maybe like they are being targeted, but honestly, we don't. They provide lots of services that aren't abortions, and I'm sure they will continue to do so. They just won't be able to continue to provide abortions for people. Um, so they, the elective abortions is what we're targeting. So they will no longer be able to provide elected elective abortions. I want to thank you for joining us so shortly after the Senate just passed this bill. It goes back to the House for some changes. This is the House sponsor. Thanks for joining us, Representative Carrie Ann Lisenby. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.